0: Reality is spiritual. His truth is his truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. And Father, we thank you for um, your plans for our kids. We thank you for raising up anointed leaders that you have anointed. We ask a blessing on Children's Church. In your name, a blessing on every child that's yours this morning. In the name of Jesus. that was a celebration, wasn't it? That's how I would describe that. It's good to celebrate, isn't it? Okay. So I'm just going to jump right in, okay? And you know, um, for those of you that are regular part of the family here, you know that we've begun a series on spiritual warfare. And I just feel like I need to begin by reminding that um, we don't do this because it requires this emphasis on the enemy, it's not that we we, um, you know, wh- the reason we do this is because there is such a thing as spir- what I would call spiritual competence. <laughs> okay, there is true. There is a way that God ordered things. There is a actual reality, unlike this world that wants to make us think. Well, you can kind of decide what your reality is and you you know you can have your truth or whatever there is an actual reality and knowing how that works how God's ordered things um, makes it so that we can be competent warriors that carry out our mission does anybody in here have a mission let's try that again (laughs) does anybody in here have a mission is it a big one yeah, it's, it is a big one. You have a big, there's no, such, there's no such thing as a small mission that you receive from the courts of heaven, and there's no such thing as being a son of God and not having a mission on your life. In fact, um, I'm just going to, I feel like I should uh, kind of put a teaser out there. Next week, we're going to talk about how mission releases the authority of God. Okay, that's next week. I don't know why I just did that, but um, maybe I was supposed to. Maybe that's going to cause one of you to come. Who wouldn't have come? Maybe it's for that. Um, This week, um, it's on my heart to lay um, a foundation. Now, I'm going to tell you that moving forward, I believe that we're going to begin filling up tool bags or backpacks or what do you carry, Um, briefcases, full of um, very practical tools, literal, practical things that God means for you to know so that no attack of the enemy can be formed against you, and so that you can just pull out the victory that he said it's finished. And I believe that we're supposed to be very competent and practical in being able to to push aside, to bind, to overthrow, whatever the enemy's trying to do to hinder. And I feel like the Lord's asked me that as we go through this series, I'm always supposed to give you something practical. Um, this week it didn't feel that practical to me and so I was asking him, you know, what do you, you know, you've asked me to be practical, to give them tools, what's it going to be this week? And he said, no, that is, just tell them that, that's practical. So I'm just trusting, okay? So um, go ahead and begin opening up to Mark, if you still turn pages, um, like me, um, now, Mark, we've said this before, Mark is a gospel. It's often nicknamed according to the miracles. It's like it's the gospel of miracles. Now, all the gospels are full of God's miracles, right? But why do they say that about Mark? Because it's focused on that. It's immediate. Jesus is baptized. He comes out of the water. He's filled with the Spirit. And he immediately, the, the, the rest of that gospel, it goes right into um, a progression of him manifesting the kingdom of God. Okay, now, here's what I, um, before we even read it, I want to point out that you, you understand that all, all of the wonderful, amazing things that Jesus did, do you understand that that is warfare? (laughs) <laughs> you know we often think well warfare now, and we're going to look at some this morning but warfare is when you encounter the demonic right or when you when the kingdom of light comes comes up against the kingdom of darkness that's what we call warfare spiritual warfare right ordinarily but I just want to point out you realize that anytime when you read about Jesus or let me let me put it on you anytime you are manifesting the kingdom of light you are man if you are you are bringing what is god's and you're bringing it into this place you understand that is warfare in other words what i mean what is warfare man man fell and the the world um, came under the dominion of another king the king of a dark kingdom and any time that you are you are suppressing or pushing aside the kingdom of darkness and bringing God's kingdom, the kingdom of light. That's, that's warfare. Even if you're not actively aware that um, you've, you've come against, you've come hunt, head to head with the demonic, it doesn't require that, right? It's, that is warfare. The advancement of the kingdom is warfare. Um, I have no idea where it is right now, and I promise I'm going to start looking at those notes. Um, <laughs> um, I think of where the scriptures say that Jesus says that he's inherited all things and, and he says, I take of what is mine and I give it to you. Are you all familiar with that? I believe it's in the Gospel of John. It might be in more than one place. He says, I take, I've inherited all things. I, it, so we're talking an authority thing, right? The first thing we have to say this morning is that whenever we teach or we talk or we want to understand spiritual warfare, what we're talking about understanding is how does authority work in God's order. Is that right? And he says, I've inherited what things? All things. And he says, I take of what is mine and I give it to you. Did you guys hear that? I take of what is mine and I give it to you. That's got to cause somebody to rejoice. Okay, that's, he's taking of all things that he inherited. Okay, I'm going to move on because that didn't go over so well. (laughs) All right, go with me to Mark 11 and verse 20, okay? And this is, I'm going to do this really quickly because I have so much to say this morning and I believe I'm supposed to, that this is a touch of review from last week, but I, I feel it's important we do it, Um. Mark 11 verse 20 says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now I jumped in the middle of the story, you know that Jesus has cursed this tree because it's advertising it has fruit and it's not fruitful. Okay? And in verse 21, And Peter, remembering remembering that the Lord had done that, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now this is Jesus' response to Peter's reaction to him doing this. Those are pretty amazing words, aren't they? Have you ever prayed and not gotten it? Okay, now let me point something out. Sorry, there's a string that's kind of like going like this, it's really distracting. Let me point something out, okay? Do you know that you're not called to anything? Do you know what I mean when I say that? You're called to something, or I'm going to go ahead and say, perhaps you're called to some things, but... You're called to things, callings are specific, in the courts of heaven. There are other places that say, when you pray in my name and in faith and you receive it, right? Why, what's the significance of his name? Because it's like magic? It's like an incantation? <laughs> in his name means that you're, you're praying, you're asking for things that are in accordance with what proceeds from the throne, are you following me? And it carries its own anointing. It carries the authority with it to receive everything you need for it. We many of us up here blessing our children's ministers that God's raised up um, prayed that way. Did you catch that? When they prayed that way, I was so blessed when they were doing that. I was like, you think they'd know what I'm talking about this morning? It's exciting. Um, But what I want you to gather here is that prayer is about authority, and last week we pointed out that when it says, um, in other places it says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, right? What can you do if you have the faith of a mustard seed? You You can move mountains. You're called to be a mountain mover, okay? And mountains are not just anything, mountains are something. Mountains are all of the ideas, the philosophies, and reasonings that set themselves up against the authority of God. The plans of God. They're belief systems that keep you from walking as the conqueror that you're supposed to be. And that's where we're going this morning, okay? I believe very strongly that God wants to remove a mountain, specifically an identity problem that far too, I would say, all of us have to some degree, and he is ever trying to remove an identity problem so that you're aware of who you are, so that you're walking in authority. That's warfare. That's warfare. The question of warfare is, who is authorized? Who's authorized? You're right. You are. And I think the enemy, you know, part of warfare is the enemy. One mountain that I believe that we're supposed to remove this morning is the mountain that says, I don't have the authority I need to do these things I believe God's asking me to do. How many of you in here are aware that God is asking you to do some things? right now. And you even know what they are? Keep your hand up if you know what they are. Okay, raise your hands if you know he's asking you to do things, but you, you're not really sure what it is. That's okay, too. He, he will make that clear. Okay, but we are conquerors. Okay. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit of God? Okay. That's good, because it's actually an identifier of the sons of God, right? Someone else said that this morning. It was was you. Of course it was you, (laughs) who are the sons of God. They are those who are led by the Spirit of God. So it's good that you desire that. I'm going to read something, and I'm going to see if you still desire that in a minute. (laughs) You know i got a trick going here, don't you? (laughs) All right, I'm in Mark. um, Mark chapter 1 and verse 9. So here we go in Mark. Okay, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting. You know that's the same word as the tearing open of the curtain. Do you know that? He saw the heavens being ripped open. And the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So that's the father talking to him. And then here, verse 12, it says, Immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered to him. Now, Let me remind you, you know that Jesus laid down the divine attributes. Okay, he is eternal God. He is eternally the Son of God. He is eternally God. We're never going to take that away from him. So don't walk out of here crying heresy. But the scripture is also clear that he laid down the divine abilities. He laid down the divine attributes. He ministered from the Holy Spirit of God exactly as you are called to. And thank God or we wouldn't have we would have no no pattern we would not have a king that we could walk after if that was not the case do you see that Okay now what I want you to notice is so what happened he goes he goes under the water he's baptized he comes up heaven's ripped open that's a major event okay the holy spirit of god coming into a man that way heaven's ripped open the spirit comes upon him so now he's walking as a man filled with the spirit are you tracking And the very next line says, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Some versions say led into the wilderness. You want to be led by the Spirit of God? (laughs) You do, and I'm going to show you why. Do you know why Jesus was led into the wilderness immediately? It's so critical. It's not just a narrative. Like, it actually had a good plan, the ministry of Jesus, He was led out there because it was in the wilderness. It was in that place as he faced temptation that he brought alive. He brought on inside of himself through the the power of the Spirit and in his Father, he brought on the identity of a conqueror. Do you know that before this point, he was not led in a, in a spiritual battle that brought him to be a conqueror over something? Do you know that you cannot be an overcomer unless you overcome something? This is what um, I need you to get this morning. This is what I believe God's asking. Do you know um, that core, and we're going to look at it, core to your identity, absolutely central in terms of who you are, is that you're an overcomer. Did you know that? And you can't be an overcomer unless you overcome something. Do you know what happened? He went in the wilderness and he overcame. It was the beginning of, um, in the Gospel of John, it says the light shone in the darkness. Okay, it was the beginning of that. He began to shine an overcoming light. The darkness cannot overcome the light. It says that. It was the first instance of that. And he returned from the wilderness and what? Immediately began manifesting the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, there's a progression. Jesus is, um, um, I'm always kind of um, nervous about saying this because someone could walk out and think I'm saying, well, Jesus was just a great example. And I'm not saying that, but he was our pattern. He was purposely living out a life in the will of the father called from the father so that you could look at him and say that's the way i'm that's how i'm supposed to be filled with the spirit that's how i'm supposed to minister that's that's what i'm supposed to do does that make sense and what he did was the holy spirit led him into something to overcome and he immediately came back walked into the synagogues and began to preach as one with authority and began to manifest the kingdom of light over the kingdom of darkness in an authority how many of you want authority good because it's your destiny <laughs> to have authority it's your destiny to be over the kingdom of darkness that's the only reason we teach about this the enemy deserves no attention do you know that it's not a contest <laughs> It's so important to understand that. You know that there is no even contest between like, God and Satan. You understand that, right? You know there is a very real war. There is a contest. Um, we read about in Ephesians, in the books of Peter, other places. There is a contest between the angel armies that you participate in. There's a very real warfare, and we're going to look at some of it in the weeks to come, but it's, it's not a contest Between God, in fact, that's that's really the main tool I need to send you home with today. So I'm going to keep moving because He's given me so much to say. Are we y'all doing okay? Am I scaring you? (laughs) Oh, good, good. Because there's no need for being scared. Okay, all right. Um, go to Mark chapter one, verse twenty-three. Now I'm going to tell you where we're reading. He's come from the wilderness. He's he's now walking in an authority of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's, conquered. he's a conqueror. The, we're going to look in a minute. That you understand how many promises there are for conquerors, for those who are overcomers? It should make us hunger to be an overcomer. It should actually make it, I I'm a little bit of a sicko. Um, sometimes I almost get excited when I see warfare heating up. Do you know Why? It's what we're going to look at. I know that God only allows the warfare because he loves us. He's not surprised by it. Do you know the enemy cannot get away with things? Did you know that? He can't sneak. He can't get away with things. He is only allowed to do what the Father allows him to do. That's really good news, and we're going to see that. But, okay, look here in Mark chapter 1. Verse 23, it says, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And verse 8, Jesus says, He who sins is of the devil. I'm sorry, I skipped. Um, I'm sorry, let me just address this. Um, so you realize what's going on here is the it's an outburst. First of all, can you imagine if that happened here? I, I actually think it's coming. I think because we're we're moving into powerful places that, you know, in far too many churches, probably including this one to some degree, I'm just going to admit the, the enemy, the demonic, is far too comfortable even inside the church. That's what you're reading about, okay? He's in the synagogue. This is their church service. He's just come back out of the wilderness, and the enemy... The enemy manifests, the kingdom of darkness has a manifestation, and begins to cry out. What? What does he cry out? It's so critical to recognize. Pretty much the identity of Jesus, right? What does Jesus say? He says, I, we haven't read it here. Um, I, I've messed up my notes here, so I'm just going to tell you what he says next. And if you want to put that up, that's fine. He says, be quiet and get out of him would we, first of all, I guess I, I wonder, I found myself praying with the Lord, like, would I handle it that way? If there was an outburst of the enemy in here, would I carry such an authority like I'm supposed to? Or would you carry such an authority like you're supposed to that you would turn to your neighbor and say, be quiet and get out of him? Deal with the demon instead of the man? Did, would we even recognize it as a manifestation of the kingdom of darkness? Did they... I suspect that many of them didn't even recognize it. And why did he say, be quiet? This is so important. Do you, this isn't the only place that happens. The demons begin to identify him. See, I want you to see, it's a, it is a war over identity. And I'm going to show you why that's critical to understand that. But why does he say, be quiet, when the demons try to identify him? Do you know that it is the privilege of the sons of God to reveal, to reveal the identity of him? It is, it is our privilege to manifest the kingdom of light. It's our privilege to reveal the good plans of God through the, through the authority that's in us, through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as carriers of the kingdom. It's our privilege. They were out of line. That was actually an evil outburst. They were taking permissions that were not theirs. They're not allowed to identify Jesus or the kingdom of light. Did it ever strike you as weird that they're given an accurate identification of Jesus? Why would would the demonic want to do that? (laughs) They're taking a privilege that is not yours. Do you feel privileged? It is your privilege as a son of God to reveal the kingdom of God, to manifest that kingdom. The darkness does not overcome the light, and the light shines in the dark. That's your privilege. And the identity in you is the carrier of the kingdom that has the identity, the personality, if you will, of Jesus Christ in you, the person, and so therefore the personality. And he says be quiet and get out of him. What does he do? He does, have you ever noticed, um, well, maybe it's different for you. How many of you, as you read through the Gospels and you see Jesus confront or, or have encounters with the demonic, with the kingdom of darkness, when you're reading, does it generally feel like he's engaged in a really, in a turmoil or, or a warfare? Do you get a feeling like, ooh, that was, a, that was an encounter, that was a warfare there, Huh? Do you ever <laughs> why is that? I mean, think about it. He's he's walking his ministry, he's he's teaching the people and he, he keeps having these encounters with the demonic and that's warfare, okay? And yet we read it and it doesn't really feel or seem like you're reading about warfare, does it? It's because he carried he had such an identity such an established identity in his father, such, such an awareness of the calling on his life, on his mission, and the authority that came with it, that it doesn't even read like warfare, does it? There's this manifestation in the church service, and he says, be quiet and get out of him. Whew, that was a battle. Right? And he's our example. We are supposed to be aware... We are supposed to recognize it, and we are supposed to have authority. Now, look, you notice Jesus did not kick the guy out. Unfortunately, that's probably what we would do most of the time. We'd be like, whoa, we got an outburster! you know, bring our security team, drag him out of here, right? It's not what he did. He dealt with the demon, not the man. He knew that our war was not flesh and blood. It was a spiritual war. It was a warfare that was happening, happening in the spiritual realm. And he had absolutely no question about the authority he walked in. I'm just going to put this out there, and I know it's going to be, it's challenging for me, so I suspect it's going to be very challenging. He does mean for you to have the same authority and confidence in it, in identity, your identity as an overcomer. What did we say? He's inherited all things. And he takes, I didn't even put that scripture in here, it must be a big one on the Holy Spirit's mind this morning. And he takes of what is his and he gives it to you. Why? Because he set the example of the way that you are to live for the advancement of the kingdom of God as a burning one, as one that is authorized in the courts of heaven. as one that is authorized in the courts of heaven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you what's going on in First John um, chapter 3, verse 8. Chapter 3, 8, it says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now, listen, it says, it identifies the purpose of Jesus' earthly ministry. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For what purpose? That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now I want you to think about this demonic encounter he had. Okay? The demon identifies him and he says, what, what do you have to do with this? Are you here to destroy us? And I love it, when you take the whole of the word of God, and hopefully I'm, I'm going to show you this, okay? Jesus' answer is pretty much, um, no, not yet, I'm just here to destroy your works. That's, what the, that's the picture that the word of God paints. Think of the parable of the wheat and the tares. Y'all know this parable. I'll give you the quick version. They're basically asking, "Do you want us to? Do you want us to weed out, take out the tares so that the wheat will be unhindered or whatever?" And what, is, what does the Lord say in the parable, the Lord of the property? He says, "No, leave it. Leave the tares. Why? Because lest you uproot the wheat along with it." So what's God? This is what you got to get. What's God's big plan? Why is there warfare? Why is why did He not destroy the warfare, but rather but rather manifest his authority over it and say, I give you the same authority. Why? Because it's, it's just a tool in his hands. You understand, all the warfare that you face is for the love of the Father for you. Why? He's making you into a conqueror. He's making you into an overcomer, and he has nothing but overflowing inheritance for those who are overcomers. You see, his big, do you know his secret weapon for making the enemy look silly? For overcoming the kingdom of darkness? What's the secret weapon? (laughs) You are that weapon. Isn't that a crazy plan? That is a crazy plan. But it is the plan. He's crazy in love with you like that. That's why the plan's crazy. (laughs) He's making you into an authorized one who walks with an authority that overcomes the darkness. I mean, we actually we live in a world where. Uh, here we go, we live in a world where um, there's there's very little belief in that. Like he means for us to go to go out and heal the sick. In our world and yet it's the mission. I mean you can twist the word of God into anything you want But it's clearly stated that when he sends he basically he always says two things There's a there's a few variations that give more detail of our sending but every time he sends there's always two And it is heal everyone who's sick and have authority cast out demons set people free from the demonic in their life He always says those two things so, what, whatever you're calling is what you're calling. Heal the sick and cast out demons. That's warfare. You see, that's what he did. That, that's what he modeled, walking as a spirit filled man. Okay. <clears throat> in fact, in Revelations 21 7, I just want to read, actually, let's start in 6. You know, there are two places Jesus says it's done, it's finished, or it's complete. There are two places I've found that he says that. You you all know the first one. What's the first one? On the cross. Just before he takes his last breath, he says it's finished. What's he saying? He's saying the victory is complete. Authority has been fully restored in man to have authority over the kingdom of darkness. That's what he's saying. In other words, he he's saying, what he's saying is finished is your identity in Christ is finished as authorized ones. Now, having an identity that is finished and walking in the finished identity is two different things. And that's what he wants to bring us to be a church where like the enemy's not even going to mess around in our families anymore because we're going to, we're going to understand this so well. We're going to move mountains, mountains that keep us from believing that we are the authorized ones. Okay. okay, the second place that he says it's finished is here, what we're about to read. Um, 21, six. it says, And he said to me, It is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And here it is verse 7, And he, um, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. Does that sound familiar? Does anybody know where that verse is the Holy Spirit keeps having me quote? He's inherited all things, and he takes of what is his, and he gives it to you. Here it says, he who overcomes. So for overcomers, you'll inherit all things, and it says, and I will will be his God, and he shall be my son. There it is. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God those who inherit all things so that they carry the same authority that, that he inherited back. He laid it down. He came as a man and re-inherited everything as a man so that he could give you the same authority and you could inherit all things. You know, I'm just burdened lately. I just I think that as Christians, we're starting to walk around without the realization of our inheritance, We're starting to look a lot. Sometimes, I include myself. Believe me, we begin to walk around without the awareness of the authorization that I carry. I look a lot like someone else in the world, who's powerless over this darkness here, or, or um, boy, I don't seem to be, seem to be getting the answers I need from my prayers to overcome this darkness here. And I want to tell you something: it's it's a mountain, and the faith he's given everything. The faith of a mustard seed moves those, those belief mountains. Say I'm an overcomer. Do you know, um, Jesus didn't just lay his life down on the cross so that you'd have eternal life. No, <laughs> somebody's glaring at me, I can just feel it. But I don't mean to minimize. that. That is marvelous. But do you know that he did far more than that? Like, that's just scratching this. That's what was required for him to say, it is finished. It's a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's a big deal. But you know what he did? He over. What he really did was overcome every type of darkness while he lived. That's what made him the perfect lamb. <laughs> he exemplified... There is no other model. There is no other standard If we make a religion that is less than Jesus' standard, that's exactly what we've made. We've made a religion. (laughs) There is no other standard than the standard of Jesus, who overcame every type of evil while he lived. He exemplified (laughs) what we're supposed to do with the kingdom of darkness, namely, make it look really silly. He allows the warfare on purpose. He's not removed the tares on purpose. Why? The same reason the Holy Spirit led Jesus directly, do not pass go or collect $200. He was led directly into the wilderness to make the kingdom of darkness look silly before he got started ministering to the people. Because then he walked in the identity of an authorized one, an overcomer, one who's overcome, and so therefore he had all the promises of the overcomer. We're going to be teaching about that in weeks to come. Do you want to know what they are? Stay tuned. I can't do it this morning, but we're going we're gonna to fill your tool bag with tools. We're going to make a whole bunch of people, one unified body, and a whole bunch of people that know exactly how to make the enemy look silly. Let us alone. Now here it is. So Mark um, chapter 1 um, I really jumbled this up. How about Mark chapter 1 verse 25 is the continuation of that story. It says, but Jesus rebuked him. And if you study this very clearly, he's not speaking to the man. He's speaking to the demonic. He's speaking from the physical into a spiritual realm. And he's making a difference in the spirit. He's taking authority, the kind of authority that comes from the courts of his father. He's bringing that into the spiritual and shutting it down. Rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. Do you see? It's important you recognize that. He he wouldn't be able to say, come out of him, if he was speaking to the man. That would be weird. It would be like a sci-fi movie, like, "Mm -mm." it wouldn't work right? He's speaking to the demonic. He means for you to be one. What does Ephesians say? Our war is not a war of flesh and blood. It's a battle against principalities and powers in the spiritual realms. That's our battle. (laughs) Jesus is exhibiting for us the kind of authority that you're supposed to walk in. You're supposed to be able to see in the physical and go, oh no, (laughs) That is a spiritual problem. And we're supposed to speak into it with authority and say, well, it's a shame you let it come to my attention (laughs) because I'm an authorized one and now it's going to stop in the authority of the name of Jesus. I guess you are getting something practical this morning. There you go. Just try that one out. next time you see the demonic in operation, and believe me, you can trust yourself. When you feel the spirit of God churning inside you, and you sense the darkness, and you just know. You see, one of the greatest ploys of the enemy is to make us think we are actually warring against flesh and blood. Do you know that? How often we make war with another person we think it's the person that we're battling against and we forget. Jesus loves that person. <laughs> that is not the battle. The battle, we, you know, he does not give us any authority over people. It is not, do, do you know that in this world, anytime you see domination over people, it is a manifestation of the kingdom of darkness. You can take that to the bank because the kingdom of light is not a kingdom of domination. The authority granted from that kingdom is a spiritual authority to, make, to be an overcomer over something, not anything, not anything you want. It's over something. And what is it? Authority over darkness. It's a, it's a kingdom of deception. It's a kingdom that does nothing but steal, kill, and destroy, but we have authority over it. We don't steal, we bless. There's, we, don't, we don't participate in death, we bless with life. <laughs> I know, what do they do? They go on and they start saying, they're amazed that he's one teaching as one with authority and they say to themselves, what is this? What new doctrine is this? You see, for them, that's why they called it Mountains. You see, now listen to me. For them, doctrine was was the foundation of what they were able to manifest. That's kind of a foreign concept for us, but for, for them, they understood that very clearly. They understood that that the foundational belief system that you operate in is the foundation for the authority or the capability of what you're able to manifest. What kingdom do you manifest? So, that, so what do they say? This is such a peculiar statement, but not for them. They would have gotten it. They say, what is this? What new doctrine is this? Is that a doctrine? Did he just teach a doctrine? Well, I'll tell you one thing he just did. He just threw mountains into the sea. He just moved mountains. He just did something really different that they're not used to. A demonic outburst happens in the church, and he says, he says, be quiet and get out of him. There's a doctrine for you. Without any unbelief mountains in the way, he just manifested the authority of another kingdom. How does... Now, now here's what I've got to give you. How do we become a conqueror, an overcomer over sin? We're tempted by something and we overcome it, right? Why would God leave those tears for us to battle with? Why would he face us (laughs) with these things? Because he's making overcomers, right? How do we become someone that extravagantly loves someone who betrays us? You know that's Jesus' story, right? He did nothing but walk and live through a continuous life of betrayal, slander, lying, everything against him, and yet extravagantly loved, extravagantly loved everybody that came his way. How do we join him in that? We'd have to be betrayed, right? How do we overcome you name it. How do you become an overcomer? <laughs> you walk in the Holy Spirit in this warfare. You, how do you gain authority that he means for you to have? The Word of God paints us a very clear picture. How do you have the authority of the courts of heaven? You overcome some things, and it becomes your authority you begin to walk. You See, Jesus went into the wilderness and what happened? He overcame some things and he walked out of there with an authority. He immediately began to manifest the kingdom of God in this place. How many of you want to do that? I mean, do you really? I'm really asking. I, I know that you, you go around and even, even among Christians, much less the rest of the world, there isn't necessarily a great desire to manifest the kingdom of God in this place. Because I'm going to tell you something, if we're going to be manifestors of the kingdom of God, one thing we learn from Jesus, there is a sacrifice there. <laughs> there will be an allowed warfare um, I thought I was going to have more time, but um, I think we're going to do this coming up. I'm just going to mention one thing. You think of like the, the story of Job. In fact, you know what, let's just, let's just do a portion of this. We're supposed to do this. Job um, chapter 1 and verse 1. Y'all familiar with the story of Job, basically? Okay. The first verse says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Was he a righteous man? Yeah, yeah, he he was. It says it right there. Actually, blameless is a pretty strong word. And then you go, if you continue on in the narrative, you find that that and we're going to i think we're going to look at this next week probably you find there's an interaction between God and Satan the angels have to present themselves to him why because he's only going to it is the courts of heaven it is it is God there's no contest between them he is the one who determines what is allowed by anything that goes on in this warfare Why? So, was Job, you know, his story, just for those of you who don't know, you know he's got a story full of gnashing of teeth and horrible. Oh, there's a struggle. It's a horrible struggle. Why does God allow that? Because he doesn't like Job very much, he doesn't have very big plans for Job. Job sinned one too many times, man. Now I'm going to let the enemy sift you. How often do we, come on, you know that we've, we look at it that way sometimes. Oh, I'm undergoing this trial. I must have really done something wrong now. <laughs> I knew I was a sinner, but I must have really done something bad this time, right? We think that way. Why, why did God allow Job to be sifted? Why did he allow that to come upon him? Yeah, I heard like 10 right answers because he's crazy in love with Job. He's showing him off to, to the enemy. He's going, hey, have you considered my guy Job? <laughs> and, and he doesn't know the enemy's not smart enough to catch on to the whole scheme. I've decided reading, reading the word of God because what? He's got, why does he allow that on Job? He's got great plans for Job. He's got an inheritance that is, that is multiple times bigger than any inheritance he had before the sifting. That's the end of the story. If you don't know that part, go read the last chapter of Job and find out, and that'll answer the question, why does God allow warfare in our lives? It's because he's crazy in love with you and he's putting an authority in you as one who is able to hold the levels of authority that he means for you to walk in. That's your inheritance. Now in the story of Job, it's a physical inheritance. It's family and wealth and, you know, it's stuff that is a picture of what God is doing in the spirit. He wants to give you stuff. Say he wants to give me stuff. <laughs> That's not a prosperity gospel. That's God's plan. <laughs> the stuff he wants to give you is the authority of, of, of a son of God. <laughs> That's the stuff. It's the authority of a son of God. And it is the warfare, it is the battle, it is the struggle where we, where we gain our inheritance. I'll just put out this last thought. Maybe, maybe this is the last thought. Why didn't they just walk right, you've heard this before, why didn't they just walk right into the promised land? There's, there was occupiers in the land that they were supposed to go take, right? That's a spiritual picture and it wasn't an oops. It wasn't an accident by God. This is this is true for you. Where, where He is taking you is a glorious place. What He's taking you from glory to glory, right? He's taking you as one that has this level of authority to someone who has this level of authority to this level I'm never going to be satisfied with the level of authority until I'm walking the way Jesus did. I will always be convicted as I read in the gospels and I read Jesus ministering in a way that I don't quite have yet. No other standard is going to I've just realized that this is true. <laughs> I lay awake at some some nights sometimes. No other standard is going to be okay for me. How about you? I am ever going to be growing into glories that are closer and closer to the standard Jesus set. And I'm not talking about a standard like conquering sin, great, conquer temptation and sin, but that's not really the main theme of this book. The main theme of this book is you've been set free from sin. <laughs> the main theme is you that's not a real big concern anymore. The main theme is is that he's bringing you from glory to glory. He's filling you with higher and higher levels of authority to be a kingdom manifester as he was. Go set people free. Open blind eyes. Make lame walk. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. Those are all specific things, but they, they are also just spiritual things that people need. People are spiritually blind that need their eyes opened. And it, let me tell you something. It takes a level of authority to open blind eyes. <laughs> I, like that. I like that look. <laughs> it takes a level of authority to make lame legs walk, to free individuals and families from demonic torment you know what's going on? <laughs> I think the strategy of the enemy in this nation, or this region of the world, he has kind of a lay low strategy. We don't see a lot of the manifestations that you read about as part of the spiritual reality, but, and I think it's really easy to kind of be fooled that, like, to kind of think, well, it means they're not around. Baloney. <laughs> Nothing's changed, Okay. They've just realized it's not the best strategy to be all, all kinds of manifesting all the time in ways that make it obvious. You see it in Jesus' ministry. Sometimes the demons cowered and slinked away, and other times they thought, well, I'm probably doomed anyway. I'm going to make an outburst here <laughs> and make them go, oh, be quiet and get out of the man. So, all right, I'm going to wrap with some thoughts. This is what's so important to see, okay? Um, Jesus is, is um, nuts about you. Do you know that? He's just nuts about you. And next week, we're going to talk about how authority is in mission, okay? There's a granting of authority in mission. But in order to go there we 've got to become a people that understand that um, that core central to your identity is that you are an overcomer and all the promises that come with that that God is far he is um, far more interested in building you into an overcomer than he is at handing you at giving you a quick authority or a quick victory in your life he 's building you into someone someone who manifests the opposite of the darkness around you who loves extravagantly even when people don't deserve it and he goes whoa now now I've got a vessel I can give some authority to that do you understand there is no there is no thing that the enemy can get away with in your life say that with me there's no thing the enemy can get away with <laughs> he can't sneak on the father in fact, what I will do next week, but what i just I want to give you this point, and I think we're going to do it again next week in in Job and in other places, we see a pattern that every single activity, everything the enemy is allowed to do with the sons with the sons of God, is allowed from the courts of heaven because of his extravagant love for you. Don't hear me saying he does the evil; he's not capable of darkness. Okay, but he allows it because he's making overcomers. And it's so critical to see that because first of all, that sets our mindset in that like when, when, uh, when attack, when hardship, when trouble comes, when dark, dark things hinder where God is calling us, it causes us to say um, we, can, we can be kind of excited about it, can't we? I mean, if we really have a, the faith of a mustard seed removes the mountain that any trouble can really befall you. For those who love God and are called according to His purposes, doesn't it say? So you can say, well, this is cool. I'm about to get some new authority. Can't we say that? I'm going to show you if that's still kind of like, is that what the Word of God says? Come back next week because that, yes, that's what the Word of God says. When you overcome warfare, you can, when you're in the warfare, you can just say to yourself, this is cool. I'm about to get new authority. God is God is making a warrior in in me, someone who carries such authority that um, I'm going to overcome from one glory to the next. I'm going to become a more mighty overcomer. That's God's plan in my life. And see, that's the perseverance. That's the faith that'll get us. That'll keep us walking. And then I think there are tools. We're going to start teaching about the tools of this warfare that we're given. Um, I feel compelled to say, does anybody have a question? I think we've done some technical stuff. It's okay, you really can ask. If not, I'm just going to pray for us, okay? Is it okay with me, with you if I pray for you? Okay. All right, so even before I start to pray, I'm thinking of um, what's coming to my mind is the Ephesians passage that says, having done all these things, having having taken up weapons of warfare and understanding that you're in a warfare, having done everything to stand then stand. So I guess I'm thinking, if you went in on this, if you're moving to a place where you're going to have more authority than ever before, stand with me. Stand. See that? The book of Ephesians talks about, um, talks about how we are a spectacle. <laughs> a spectacle of, spectacle of what? We're a spectacle overcoming the kingdom of darkness. We, we have an audience of the spiritual <laughs> that you just stood in front of. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that I'm pretty sure every person in this room is standing. And I thank you. For, um, for making a body of people who are eager to be your overcomers, who already are. We thank you, Father, that you said that your work is finished. And we ask you now that um, even this morning and in the weeks to come, we ask in the authority of your name, Jesus, that you are bringing us from a people who know that to be true to a people who can manifest the truth of that in our world. In the name of Jesus, we are asking for greater measures of the authority of your Spirit in our lives, that your Holy Spirit, that you would convict us of sin and things that are in the way, things that you mean for us to overcome. Father, I pray against lack of love. I pray against um, self-centeredness and the things that get, that get in the way of the full release of the authority of your Holy Spirit in our lives. I ask you, Lord, that this would be a place that would be causing your reputation to manifest throughout um, Teller County, anywhere you send, any of us, Lord. We ask that we would be magnifying how people see you because we are manifesting the authority of your kingdom, that we are becoming a people where the light Um, where we don't just believe that the light overcomes the darkness, but we are becoming a people where the light is actually overcoming the darkness. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you all. We we are dismissed. Come back next week. We are going to talk about how authority comes out of mission. Very, very biblical and important.